Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are all set. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 240. And man, is my OCD happy that this is just a nice level even number for this episode. It's your boy KB. We are live again. I know we took a week off, but it needed to be done. I needed to gather my thoughts. I needed to educate myself even more than I already have. And who better to have with me on this episode then now, recurring guest, essentially part of the brand now, your hashtag curated by Cam Creator, and one of the best damn humans on the planet, Mr. Cam Justice is with me on the voice line, so if you see me looking down, it's because I'm looking at our FaceTime call. Before we get started, as always, show brought to you by our awesome sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated. Bob Novick, Audemars, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our merch provider, Design Tree, and you see him on my face every single live show, and I talk about it on every show, our partners at Tomahawk Shades, use our promo code USP at checkout, save yourself 25% off on those sunglasses and blue light glasses, but we've got way more important things to talk about since the last time we've done a show. Last time we were frantically talking about hockey coming back, but there's more important things than sports going on right now. Cam has been to multiple protests since the death and unjust killing of George Floyd. Obviously everything that happened with Breonna Taylor's death, Ahmaud Arbery, and the list sadly continues to grow and grow with the just unbelievable deaths to black people in this country due to systemic racism that is just deeply ingrained in our country and we need to figure this shit out so we're going to talk about what's happening i don't care if it's uncomfortable i don't care if we lose followers we know our real followers that truly understand what the fuck is going on will stick with us you'll support us and you'll be there on the right side of history. And for those of the, of you that are unfollowing or uncomfortable, either educate yourselves or your follow is not going to be missed, quite frankly. I don't give a shit. You can unfollow me. You can unfollow our podcast, whatever it may be. We have one of the most diverse fan bases of Philly sports Twitter that I've ever seen in the short amount of time we've been around. And this shit means a lot to me. There's a reason Cam is on the show tonight. He's seen it firsthand. He's been at protests. He's made his voice heard. And we're going to talk about it, like I said. So let's get to it. What's going on, brother? Thankful to have you on the show tonight. 
Uh, yay. Thanks, man. I, <clears throat> I appreciate being here. I will say the one thing about being on here uh, for the third time is I think a lot of the nerves are starting to go away. I'm not, I'm not so uh, prim and proper. I'm, I'm, ready to <laughs> just talk, I'm ready to just talk about this stuff. So uh, I'm glad to be here, and thanks for having me. So let's get right to it. You've been to protests. I have not, obviously, due to, you know, COVID-19 happening, my dad recovering from COVID-19. We don't know if he can get it again, so we're keeping him safe, obviously, and, um, you know, me having to be an essential worker and everything, but I'm with everybody who has protests. I'm very proud of the city of Vineland for today, Wednesday, uh, for the peaceful protest that they just came together it was so awesome to see very proud of my city but cam you've been to multiple protests uh you have a tweet on your twitter that said being pepper sprayed is the most alive you felt in weeks talk to me about just everything that's you know you've witnessed and you know just your thoughts on just what needs to happen so that we can figure this shit out for sure um, started me off with a loaded question. Um, but in terms of the protest stuff, um, I've been Saturday, uh, Sunday, Monday and yesterday. And, um, Saturday was kind of, uh, Columbus's tipping point in terms of, um, protests getting out of control and things like that. And, um, I got pepper sprayed, um, I think three times total, um, once directly in the face and, and two times downwind and, um, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, the more and more things like this happen, the more and more numb you become to them. Um, and so being pepper sprayed in the face and feeling something that was certainly painful and certainly, um, not enjoyable, um, was, was an improvement upon feeling nothing. So, um, it wasn't great, but it also wasn't bad enough that I wouldn't do it again. And I'll tell you, um, I, I, I went back down to the state house where, where the first one on Saturday took place and where it got a little, um, got a little rough and there was a lot of, a lot of pepper spray and a lot of, um, tear gas, but there was a, a far smaller police presence on, uh, on Tuesday and everything went really smoothly. There was no fighting. There was no pepper spraying. Um, and it went pretty damn perfect. So um, I don't know if that says anything about the one variable that was different um, in terms of police presence. Um, but those two protests ended very, very differently. Um, but, you know, to answer your second question about what needs to change, I think a lot of folks just need to, to educate themselves and understand um, you know, our troubled past with racism in this country to, to really get a grip on, on where we are today to start. Um, because a lot of folks are ignoring that past and how it plays into today. Um, and I think if we can do that first as a step towards combating, um, a lot of the issues that are going on and, and, and really learn to empathize with one another, um, regardless of what you look like, I think, um, that's our best chance at, at tackling any type of systemic issues that we're seeing is just um, really an understanding for one another, um, because until we can do that, um, policy, uh, you know, can only do so much. So those are my things, you know, just on a very basic level that we could probably do to, to figure this stuff out. And I think more now than ever, due to us being in the, the social media age, we're seeing a lot more of it. We are more in tap with everything I think than ever before. Um, I think a lot of people that 
we look up to, whether it's athletes, celebrities, et cetera, et cetera, you kind of get there, look at it, and there's a lot of just raw emotion in a lot of their voices, I think, especially with athletes, um, where we were never this connected with the entire world before. And now we are, and I think everything that happened with George Floyd and his death, I think, really just tipped the the bucket over and was like you know we see everybody kind of being on you know for the most part everybody there's always going to be those idiots that try to mess everything up in anything we do um but i think this was the first time in a long time we have seen so many people kind of be on the same page about everything and truly understand this shit was wrong right and you know that was that was awesome to see and um you know people coming together across the world now not just minnesota not just the country you're seeing this world wide Mm -hmm. you're seeing this in the uk you're seeing this in new zealand you're seeing this in australia you're seeing this in south america you're seeing this in puerto rico you're seeing it every single pocket of the world coming to syria is fighting a a war themselves and still finding time to protest on the side of the United States. It's incredible. And I saw a tweet the other day where, you know, all 50 States have protested or, or were protesting yesterday. And, um, you know, the question is when was the last time we've seen all 50 States do anything together? You know, that's a damn good point. Um, it's you know, I've, I don't know if there's ever been a time where yeah. that's been the case. So um, I think a lot of people, you know, it's waking a lot of people up. People that were on the fence are starting to say, okay, maybe I should figure this out for myself. The folks that, you know, already understand it are emboldened and bolstered to, to keep that up. And, you know, and I think the folks that kind of didn't get it before and were pushing against it are starting to see it the other way. So. I really think it's kicking some people in the ass and and I hope that it leads to some some tangible change. Yeah, I mean and so many people putting analogy side by side. You know, we were talking about one earlier with, you know, the the Confederate propaganda and and statues and, you know, just markings and everything finally starting to come down across the US. And Killer Mike who has been one of the people at the forefront of being a, you know, vocal about this uh was on Jalen and Jacoby today on ESPN after Drew Brees' statements, which we will get into in just a little bit as well. Um talking about, you know, being in the deep south and seeing all that stuff on a constant basis, it almost becomes like just normal to see that stuff. But then you look at Germany and everything that happened with Nazi Germany and they just eradicated every single bit of anything that had to do with Nazi Germany because they knew that that was a stain on their country's reputation. They wanted nothing to do with it. It is in that same threshold. And that like spoke volumes to me. I was like, wow, like I never put those side by side, but then you see all of these other, you know, occurrences and, and similarities with things where it's like, you know, I I put it on my Facebook to get today. I've seen so many people, more caught up and worried about a graduation ceremony for a high school senior than they are about systemic racism. Like make it, this has become your coin phrase on Twitter. Make it make sense. Right. 
Like, it, it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's challenging. It's a it's a lot to navigate, and you know i i take I take some sort of comfort in knowing that there are a lot of people that do understand this, and um, you know are are behind me and and with me and care, you know, and care about both me and the people that I represent. So I, you know, as tough and as odd as all of this is, there have been a lot of. Uh, you know, as, as weird as it is to say, there have been a lot of uh, good little things that have come out of this. Um, you know, very, very small scale things, but good things uh, nonetheless. So um, it's uh, as trying as it is, there, there's hope. I completely agree. And I know we were talking before we went live, like you haven't necessarily been paying attention to the, you know, pop culture figures and everything. Um, and obviously me being in tapped in the, in the sports world as heavy as I am. Um, we'll talk about the Tampa Bay Rays too, because shout out to that organization. Um, Tobias Harris, who gets a lot of shit for, you know, the contract he signed in Philadelphia. And there's so many people, myself included that constantly say, you can't blame Tobias Harris for signing the contract. He did. That is not his fault. His agent himself, they were able to negotiate that contract with the Sixers he secured his bag. Shout out to Tobias Harris. But Tobias has been in the streets. He has protested in Philadelphia alongside a number of other Philadelphia athletes, including Matisse Thibel. Mike Scott has been there uh, through FaceTime with Tobias. Malcolm Jenkins, who I will forever love as an athlete and as a human, has been every single Philadelphia protest, it seems. He has been there. He still lives in Philadelphia, so he is fighting for his backyard to you know be heard uh tobias put out an article in the players tribune today and uh i have an excerpt from it but the title alone just speaks volumes to everything going on and it's y'all hear us but you ain't listening and it's it, it just it it leaves me speechless because it's so damn true there are so many people still out there that hear everything going on but they refuse to listen and I'm sure you experience that in Ohio. We experience it here in South Jersey, Philadelphia. Like, you need there is a difference between hearing and listening. And Tobias continues to be an agent of change in Philadelphia ever since he got here. Along with Mike Scott, they have done so much for the community. Um, Tobias, uh, an a excerpt from the uh, the piece that he wrote for the people who want to make this about anything but race. It's like, dang. Do y'all really not understand what's going on here? Keep it real. Admit something's wrong in this country. Admit that this is about race, and let's build a way forward. And that is from Tobias Harris on police brutality via the Players Tribune. And I couldn't, uh, like, I, I think that couldn't be any more spot on because I think folks, you know, we've we've gotten so far into this. You know, we've committed so much to this uh to to the system that is relied upon oppressing others that we're afraid to admit that we've made a mistake in it um and i think that you know it, it's like anything it's any idea that you have that you're committed to and you're like oh my gosh i'm i'm right in this i know i am and then the second you get some little backlash where you're like oh maybe i'm not right it becomes way more challenging for you to admit that you're wrong the further you're into this and and america is is hundreds of years into this it's not you know it's not a six week mistake it's not a year mistake this is hundreds and hundreds of years of oppression 
um, you know, from the time that, uh, you know, people settled in Jamestown, like, and, and that's just for, for black folks. Like when we, when we ripped a country away from native Americans, we, we started this. So, um, we're so entrenched in this idea that we have to oppress others for us to be successful. Um, and if we can, we can work around that and and just admit that there's, there's something wrong, uh, to his point. I think that's our best way. Yeah. And he also says, uh, in this article, he says, I really just want to tell those people, uh, or I'm sorry, he says, and don't reply to me with, Oh, but this person did this. Don't try to make excuses or say that this isn't about race. In a lot of my conversations with white people lately, I'm getting that statement over and over again. Let's stop making this about race. That's easy to say when your brother or your father is not that person on the ground with someone's knee on his neck. Your brother, son, father is not that person running away, getting shot out in broad daylight. I really just want to tell those people, shut the hell up because this is about race. It's always been about race. And if we dig really deep, this is also about humanity. If you can't acknowledge that, then I can't really have a dialogue with you. And I feel like that's the same position you have been in because we have talked, obviously. We talk almost every single day. Um, but I feel like that is a, a similar stance where you have been on a lot of this. Yeah, it's just it, at the bare minimum, um, you know, <clears throat> because so many people choose not to make it about race, the, the question is, are you not outraged simply because that is a human being that lost their life? Um, and if at its face, if you cannot be outraged about that, then you're missing the point entirely. But then to understand that it is disproportionately affecting uh, black and brown people, uh, that's when it needs to become about race. And, and it, because it is inherently um, an issue for black people, it, it's a race issue. So um, be outraged first if you you know if you're having a hard time getting on board with this be outraged that it's a human that senselessly lost their life but then jump on it because you know it is almost exclusively a black issue um and and then start to move through that that way and i think one thing that kind of rings true is tonight before we started recording a, a statement that i honestly wasn't really expecting because he's pretty quiet on social media as well is uh flyers captain claude Giroux. uh he came out and said over the past few days i've remained relatively quiet regarding the murder of george floyd although silent i was listening and i was truly learning and although i will never be able to really understand what so many of you go through every day i want you all to know that i am here i see you and i stand with you my family stands with you i will try to understand better i will hold others accountable and i will speak up I will work hard to further educate myself and encourage others to do the same. Growing up in a small town, I was never truly educated on diversity. It was only when I came to Philadelphia that I realized life is so much bigger than I thought it was. I deeply love Philadelphia, but I see white privilege firsthand every day. I see that clearly now. I didn't understand before, but I do now. But I can be better, and I want to be better. To become a true ally and to properly teach my son to stand up for what is right to not just send a tweet, but to be part of the solution. You have my word. Signed, G. I was bravo. That's my captain right there. Like, you you blew me away, Claude. Like, not that Claude has ever been a guy that wouldn't be on the right side of history with this kind of stuff, but to hear just how he was like, yeah, I was silent, but I was learning. 
I was taking the time to kind of understand what I needed to understand. I commend Claude Drew 1 million percent for this statement. For sure. And I think that uh, to your point about that, him saying, you know, I didn't understand white privilege before, but I see it clearly now. Um, and, and to the points previous about just America understanding that it's made mistakes, Claude is, is saying, yo, I didn't get it in the past. And, and, you know, that might not have been okay, but now I'm learning and, and it's okay. Other people that didn't understand this to work through it, figure it out for themselves and come out on the other side, a better person. Um, and I think it's profound because it acknowledges all the things that we want them to talk about, but it also gives folks permission to grow. And I think a lot of people that have been holding on to that need to see other white folks that are saying, all right, you know, what I was doing in the past it doesn't line up with what I'm doing now. And you have my permission and you have per- the permission of others to grow in this and from this. And I think in a sport like hockey, where it is so predominantly white and you rarely see black players for these hockey players to come out, you know, another one, Tyler Sagan came out with a great statement, Braden Holpe from the Washington Capitals. Uh, there have been a, a number that I have really been, you know, touched by uh, to just see that they are truly understanding what is actually going on and truly educating themselves to be better and to really fix something that I think is an issue behind closed doors in hockey. For sure. And yeah, it's, um, and even further, not, you know, you imagine as you go up the ladder, not seeing ma- many black players, you, you don't see many, any black coaches or any black owners, of course. And so, um, you know, it just makes that even more challenging and there's so many more levels to those things. And, um, yeah, I agree. I just think it's dope that a group of people that you wouldn't expect to be so outspoken about it have taken the time to really, um, get it first, um, and then, and then make a statement about it. So it's shout out to them for that. Going to keep rolling with the statements from the, uh, the, the big time Philadelphia athletes, because I think it's important that, you know, these guys are the faces of these franchises in our city, obviously with underground sports and everything. Um, you know, they are out in the community. They are connecting with each and every person that typically when COVID-19 isn't running around, buying a ticket and going through that gate to go watch them do what they do best. Um, Bryce Harper. I was, I was really touched by Bryce Harper's, uh, statement on his Instagram, posted a photo of him, I believe from kids day, kneeling in front of a, a young black fan, uh, talking to him in the outfield And uh, Bryce said, I've been trying to come up with the words for this post, trying to write the right things and trying to get my mind and heart wrapped around this. I grew up on the east side of Las Vegas around many different cultures, knowing one thing. My parents taught me to love everyone equally, regardless of the color of their skin, where they came from, young or old. Our Heavenly Father made us this way as unique individuals so we would all come together and do everything we could to get back to him one day to love one another, to build each other up, to root for one another, and to be one with each other. I will never know what it is like to be an African-American man, woman, or child. The one thing I do know is I will always stand with them and for them. I will always be there when they need me. I will always have their backs, knowing they have always had mine. I will love my brothers and sisters and will teach my son to love as well. To the Floyd family and to all other families that have experienced trauma, loss of life, inequality, racism, and hatred, I am so sorry for that. 
This world that we live in should have no room for it. We as Americans have have to come together and stop this in all walks of life. I will listen, speak up, love, stand, and act for what I believe is right. I will never stop. I love you all, my brothers and sisters. We are one. That's your face of baseball right there, to be honest. Next to Mike Trout, that is your face of baseball. Yeah, that's tight. And again, like, there's so much value in appealing to folks that you, that, you know, that are like you. I mean, you're talking the religious piece. That religious piece appeals to a lot of folks that are, that are hesitant, you know, and, and throwing that out there. And I've seen multiple people say, you know, you're not a real Christian if you don't, you know, if you don't love everybody, you know, if you don't love God's creation and, you know, the whole God thing isn't my thing, but Mm -hmm. that appeal, that appeal to religion is so important because, you know, folks that may not think, be able to think about it in a certain way can look at it and say, oh, that does make sense. That lines up with, you know, that lines up with what I believe. So let me start, you know, at least considering thinking that way. I, I love that. I love that statement. And you being a big baseball guy, like that is one of the first things you and I's friendship was built on was, you know, right. connecting about baseball. What does that say to you? Just on the way that, you know, baseball goes, baseball put out their statement today. Uh, everybody was bagging on them for being the last ones to do it, especially with everything that they do with Jackie Robinson day and celebrating Jackie Robinson for everything that he did to break the color barrier. What does that say to you just on the way that baseball obviously being, uh, you know, bagged is kind of falling off as America's pastime and everything to hear somebody like Bryce come out and to see baseball players and baseball teams, which we'll get into the Tampa Bay Rays. Obviously, it's not Philadelphia, but I think it's an important thing to talk about because they put their money where their mouth is, Um, you know, for the state of baseball to kind of come together on this. What how, how are you feeling about that? Um, I just think it's, I think it's incredible. Um, and in terms of MLB taking their time in, in releasing a statement, I'm, you know, I'm sort of torn because you've got this, you know, quality versus how quickly it goes out. And, you know, I'm torn because I want, I, you know, I want quick action and mm-hmm. things like that. And I want, you know, quick denouncing of anything like that, but also like, I would much rather you say something from the heart and that means something and that has um, good content than you just throw something out there for the sake of making a statement, right. um, something that is insincere or ingenuine. Um, so, you know, I do value the importance of taking time if it means that you're going to get a better product out of it. And so um, I really think, you know, and to the point that you made earlier about, about folks being uncomfortable and you not caring and losing followers, I think, um, you know, what all of these statements are saying is, you know, you're either going to, you're either going to join this wave or you're going to, you know, you're going to fall off and we're not, you know, it's okay if you don't support us because this, that, and the other. And so I just think MLB and, and all of these other organizations that are choosing to stand together on this are, are just, you know, really taking a stand. And I, I it just, in a lot of ways it, it, uh, you know, kind of makes my heart flutter a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I guess the the next thing you have to ask is what what action steps are being taken because statements are great, um, but if there's you know to your point about the raise, if you're not putting your money where your mouth is or not you know not wielding whatever privilege you have to to make things better, um, are you really doing much of anything? Right. And speaking of the raise, they put their statement out uh, yesterday saying our country is mourning the killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery and so many others who have perished unnecessarily. 
The evils of systemic and institutionalized racism continue to plague our nation. We know that all too often these cases are dismissed or excused without justice being served. Black Lives Matter. Police brutality is inhumane. We fully support the protesters exercising their civil rights. We stand with black families living in fear. Our country demands better than this for its people. We can't breathe. Words are not enough to have never been enough. Uh, words have not are not enough and have never been enough. We need to we need continued action and a re-education of our culture. We are committing one hundred thousand dollars per year to supporting causes in the fight against systemic racism. Over the coming days and weeks, we will identify and share these organizations with you and do our best to amplify their vital messages. Our committee on diversity and inclusion will be responsible for direct uh, directing those funds. Finally, we are reminded of the words of Jackie Robinson. Life is not a spectator sport. If you're going to spend your whole life in the grandstand just watching what goes on, in my opinion, you're wasting your life. While our hearts might may be broken, we aren't giving up. What a fucking statement. Pardon my language. It's gonna get it's gonna get a little <laughs> rated R PG thirteen with the language probably, but what a statement. It it's uh they nailed it on the head. It, they tackled Every portion uh, that I would expect from a statement like that, um, they announced the symptoms. They, you know, they talked about the family and standing with with black families, and then, you know, on top of that, uh, you know, donating money. Uh, the, you know, the thing I'm going to push and the thing I'm going to look into is what their um, diversity and inclusion team looks like, whether or not it's a bunch of white women or white men, and um, you know, see if if I can push that a little bit, push the envelope on that. But um, you know. All things considered, that's a that's a damn good statement, and I want you know I'm really excited to see what the follow through looks like. I was I was blown. Away. I sent it to you immediately, and I was literally jaw on the floor in such a positive way because it it truly just speaks to their organization knowing what the hell is going on. For sure, and, yeah, there, they, and there's um, not many organizations that are willing to put out a statement like that just to stay cookie cutter and not piss off, you know, a right. certain demographic of their fandom. Right. It's not, it's not the safe statement, but it's the right statement. And, you know, they gained a fan, you know, I'm, I'm always a, a cubby for life, but they, you know, they gained a, they gained a new AL East fan. So. Yeah. I mean, who roots for the Yankees and Red Sox anyway? Yeah. Screw them. <laughs> uh, the other statement from the Philadelphia athlete that, uh, Catches a lot of a lot of shit from media members due to his uh, quote unquote injury history. Uh, that is just an absolute myth. That is Carson Wentz. I, I told you this before we started recording, and a lot of my friends and a lot of people around here held their breath reading this statement. Um, but I my I was so damn proud to say Carson Wentz is my freaking quarterback, especially after everything that went down with Drew Brees today. Um, Carson Wentz on May 28th said, been thinking about the George Floyd situation and thinking of the words to say and coming up empty. All I know is that institutional institutional racism in this country breaks my heart and needs to stop. Can't even fathom what the black community has to endure on a daily basis. Being from North Dakota, I spent a large part of my life surrounded by people of similar color, so I'm never going to act like I know what the black community goes through or even has gone through already. I'll never know the feeling of having to worry about my kids going outside because of their skin color. However, I do know that we all are, 
we are all equal at the foot of the cross and Jesus taught us to value others' lives like they were our own regardless of the of skin tone. So this might seem like a ramble and perhaps it is. I don't understand the society we live in that doesn't value all human life. It's heartbreaking and disturbing. My prayers go out to every man, woman, and child that has to endure the effects of the racism in our society. Yeah. I was I was taken aback in such a great way because that's my quarterback. And seeing that kind of written out and like it was genuine, you know, he talks about how it might be rambling. You know, in right. in he didn't cut that out or anything. It he meant all of that and it was so awesome to see Zach Ertz and Julie Ertz also put out statements. Jason Kelsey put out statements. Uh and Deshaun Jackson said that he was you know, touched and and moved by his white teammates putting out statements and standing up for their teammates during all of this. And I think that also speaks volumes to see that, you know, teammates that happen to be black, seeing their white teammates stand up for them and be in their corner means a lot. Yep. I was just going to say that. And that, you know, we spoke about the whole Drew Brees thing. And I just think, you know, when, when you claim to, to love the people in your locker room, like brothers, and, you know, when during the season you're together damn near every day and you, you know, the kids and, you know, the family and all of those things, um, I, I think you're missing the point if you aren't, you know, speaking out against these things, because if these are folks that you love so much, you not only love that individual person, but you love the people that they represent. Um, and so I, I think that's a, I think that's a, a good statement. And I think, um, a lot of a lot of white a lot of white athletes have to look themselves in the mirror and think about the the men to the left and right of them. I know that's a I know that's an old coach type thing. Like look to the look to your left and look to your right. But really, that's it. You got to look you know at the folks in your locker room and and how much they mean to you and 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 people like them. So uh, I think that's great. Yeah, I I was very thrilled to just see Deshaun also speak up and say that it meant a lot to him. And obviously, everybody that listens to this podcast knows Jeffrey Lurie is one of the most quote-unquote woke owners in the NFL, if not the most, and truly understands this kind of stuff. Even with him being white, he he gets it. And I, I think that's one thing I love about Jeffrey Lurie is that he truly understands that there are issues in this country. And the Eagles statement from Jeffrey Lurie, they put it out on their Twitter. It's quite long, uh, just so we can keep it pushing, get into this Drew Brees discussion, too. Uh, because it also pertains with a former Eagle and Malcolm Jenkins uh, clapping back at his now quarterback. Um, but definitely go read Jeffrey Lurie's statement because that's my owner. Um, Drew Brees, you saw it before we uh, hopped on this phone call. We got a, a comment in the Facebook chat from my former fifth grade teacher, Miss Don Bell. One of the best hey. teachers I've ever had. She says, yes, let's talk Breeze. I'm feeling all out of sorts about him. I loved him, and in addition to his amazing ability, he has given a ton of money to Louisiana so it doesn't fit. It's a sad day when I say Aaron Rodgers' clap back to him about educating himself was exactly right, and I hate the Packers. Yeah, that uh, Miss, Mrs. Bell, shout out to you because I'm with you 100%. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, I think that statement um, that he made about uh, folks kneeling 
is uh, transformational in a negative sense mm-hmm. uh, um, for the way people will look at him and the people will um, view him moving forward. And I think um, in a lot of ways, I, I say this about very few things. I think that this was truly tone deaf. Yes. Uh, That's um, such a great uh, yeah, vocab I just, word. I just think he, you know, he missed, he's, he put the blinders on and just mm-hmm. kind of missed everything that was going on. So, um, yeah, frustrated doesn't even begin to scri- describe it. Like, uh, you know, I will no longer argue for him in any type of category anymore. Cause it's just, I, I'm sick of it. Now, when it comes to all of this, because, you know, we talked about Claude Drew staying silent, but learning, do you think there is any chance that Drew Brees can, you know, get over the hill and, and figure it out and, and really educate himself. I mean, I always think there's, there's room for folks to transform. Um, but that's a choice, you Mm -hmm. know, um, you can't, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And so I think, um, you know, there's always a chance, but I, I also believe to your point about, uh, about Claude Giroux is he sat there silent, right? He wasn't, he wasn't speaking out actively against it. And so I think um, if there is a chance for him to learn about it, it needs to be um, through his ears and not through his mouth um, because the more and more he opens his mouth, it seems he's going to be digging himself a hole. Um, and, and he's got he's to gotta climb out of that hole before he's able to learn and, and come out on the opposite side of that. So I really think there is a chance, but he, he's really got to, you know, lead with his ears and not his mouth definitely and we saw the backlash because damn near every single one of his teammates came out with the receipts uh and and they were pissed off they were mad uh from alvin kamara just tweeting oop dot 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 (laughs) uh to michael thomas putting out you know he don't know no better to him, all Michael Thomas also putting out uh, articles about black soldiers from World War II. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, who just signed with the Saints uh, in free agency, said, uh, you know, something of the like and just included the word ignorant. Um, a number of his teammates that are on social media were pissed, and a number of NFL players across the board were pissed. Friend of the show, Will Parks, <laughs> tweeted, F-O-H, Drew, you op. Uh, you know, so there are, are different degrees of angry from Drew's statement. Um, you know, Darius Slay, new Philadelphia Eagle, said that he was hurt by Drew's statement. And a lot of people tweeted back at him, can't wait for you to intercept him twice when they come to Philly this year. Um, you know, just seeing the transformation I think of NFL players being vocal about this now too, as opposed to, you know, three, four years ago where I saw a tweet, I forget who it was. I apologize for not attributing it to them, but they said, you know, three or four years ago, there would have been private discussions amongst players about something like this, but nothing out in the public. And just look at the transformation that's happened from three to four years ago to now. Right. And I, you know, I want to go back to something you said about the range of anger, the ra- you know, the range of reactions. I want to be really clear to all of the white followers that you have right now. Um, 
that range in anger is because contrary to popular belief, black folks are not a monolith. Mm-hmm. We have varying thoughts and abilities and, uh, you know, ev- everything, right? We're, we're just as, as complex as anybody else. And so that range of frustration and range of reaction um, comes from the fact that not all black folks feel the same about this. Uh, you know, I, I can say, I can only speak for myself mm-hmm. and, and the folks that I'm directly connected to with, you know, to a degree of certainty. Um, and so this, this wide range of responses, whether it's oop or, or Malcolm Jenkins lighting him up, um, we're not a monolith. And so we come with very complex um, ideas. And so I, I, I just wanted to make that clear before we moved yes. on. Let's talk about Malcolm Jenkins because Malcolm is one of my favorite humans walking this earth. He's an Eagles legend. He's a Philadelphia legend. And uh, I'm still sad to see that he is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle, but he is back with the New Orleans Saints where he started his career and now teammates again with one Drew Brees. Uh, And Malcolm had one hell of a video rant statement uh, that was deleted at first, redone I think a little bit, but still sent just as powerful of a message, if not more. I don't think, outside of the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, where Malcolm kind of fell to the ground and was in tears, this was the first time I've seen Malcolm very, you know, walled down, emotional. He was fighting back tears in that video on multiple occasions. And if you didn't feel something from that video watching Malcolm fight back tears choking on his words good luck in life because that hit home big time whether you are white black whatever it may be Malcolm Jenkins if you are an Eagles fan a Saints fan he means a hell of a lot to you just by the community ambassador that he is and that's not even talking about you know the great football player he is what were your thoughts on Malcolm's video well first of all uh I I felt proud to be a Buckeye. I mean, Malcolm that too. Being, I, I didn't Malcolm, even think of the connection of Ohio yeah, state. Yeah. Malcolm being an Ohio state guy, you know, I've, I've always followed his career. I've always been, you know, behind anything that he does. And specifically when he's speaking out about things like this, um, it makes me proud to, you know, to have watched him, um, in Ohio stadium years ago. Um, he, I, I think his statement, you know, is, is a is a very big uh, uh, just a glimpse really into into what every day in Black America might feel like, um, and you know he made some points about constantly feeling like uh, you don't matter and things like that, and it, it's spot it was all spot on, um, and I think he speaks for a lot of folks um, that that feel constantly. Um, you know, dehumanized in this country. And, um, I, I think it's, it's a fat, you know, to get away from his, uh, his statement itself and just the dynamic between him and drew, I just think it's going to be really, really interesting, uh, to see what a locker room dynamic is like. Um, because I can't imagine, like, I, I remember being divided about like what, what to eat after right. the game. Like I, I, you know, I remember being pissed off at folks cause they wanted to go to a pizza place instead of going to, you know, Buffalo wild wings. Right. Like I remember being frustrated with folks about that. I can't imagine, 
uh, the dynamic that's going to take place because folks don't see you as a full and complex human being. Um, so I'll be interested to see what that looks like. Um, and especially with his offensive linemen. Yeah, because, uh, three out of the five saints offensive linemen just so happened to be black. Um, one thing that stood out to me too in Malcolm's uh, video, and then I saw a couple other people on Twitter talk about it, the ending when he he rattled off some things. He he used a lot of past tense when he said, "You know, I looked up to you. Um, you know, you were a role model to me, and I just can't let this slide." A lot of past tense used. That stuck out to me more at the end in terms of just how their relationship dynamic might be moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um, you know, I've said this in, in Facebook posts. I've said it, you know, to people in person. It's if, you know, if we're friends and, you know, my, my problems are your problems. Mm-hmm. And, and I would expect them, you know, you should expect your problems to be mine as well. And, um, you know, clearly here, Malcolm doesn't feel like his problems are Drew's. And, and that's something that, again, is going to lead to some sort of, some sort of, you know, divide in the relationship. And I, you know, I hope they can reconcile it and I hope that they figure it out. But right now it's not looking promising. Another excellent question brought up by the one and only Dunbell. Uh, she says, but you know, speaking on Malcolm and Drew, but it leads to a, a new narrative. How will the NFL deal with comments that will seem racially motivated such as this? They have a huge platform, and with all that has occurred, they have an opportunity to make a positive change. How do you think the NFL and even other leagues, you know, when it comes to types of statements that Drew Brees made and then now seeing the the openness of not only Drew Brees' teammates on the Saints but just the NFL in general – this happens. How do you think these leagues are going to handle things? Um, if you want my honest opinion, I think that they'll do what they have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they'll go beyond anything that they have to do. I think it'll be, um, as you saw with some of the statements, it'll be it'll be cookie cutter. It'll be you know the bare minimum. But Closed I don't doors you know, type stuff. Right? Yeah. I don't think I don't think they're going to do anything that's going to you know. I don't think they're going to do anything that's going to piss, you know, one of their poster child, you know, poster children mm-hmm. off. Like, I don't think they're going to do something. Or their to- fan base. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think they, and this could change with public outrage. We've seen in the past couple of weeks how public outrage uh, has swayed a, a lot of different people in mm-hmm. power. But, um, you know, maybe this conversation is, you know, has forced the NFL's hand in doing those things. I'm not optimistic about it just because I've, seen uh the past decade um of sports uh in this country so i mean we've um, seen the last we've seen the last four years when it comes to the nfl too and everything with colin kaepernick absolutely so i'm not optimistic uh you know maybe but uh, i i think they'll do what they have to do what do you think yeah i mean i think especially in the nfl You'd have to say with the NFL, this is a a giant slap in the face wake up call. Like you know everything that went down with Colin Kaepernick, especially as a you know 
as most recently with his workouts where they tried to move things around and uh you know I think this needs to be a big slap in the face to the NFL and realize that they screwed up in a big way. You know, people talking about the riots and everything going on. Well, what do you want us to do? And they they say, well, do something peaceful. We tried four years ago. Colin Kaepernick, Eric Reed, Malcolm Jenkins, and Chris Long together holding their fists up. You didn't like any of it. You know, what? what is it going to take for it to be approved? That's the right. thing that you need to think about is what's it going to take for it to finally be seen in the eyes of everybody that something needs to change? Yeah, and I, I you know, I kind of harken back to Nick Wright. Nick Wright made a, yes. a great take when all that stuff was happening. Just also beyond how he's protesting, like, what are you actually mad about? Mm-hmm. Like, are you mad about the fact that Colin Kaepernick is kneeling? Cause Nick Wright made a great point. He said, if he came off the field, the first time he sat on that bench and people asked him why he was kneeling. And he said, I don't believe veterans get enough respect. I think when they come home, they're homeless too often, this, that, and the other. And I will not stand for the, for the national anthem until veterans are treated right in this country. Would you be mad in the same way? And I would venture to say people's answers are no. And then the question must become, well, he's disrespecting the flag and disrespecting the flag in scare quotes for those of you who can't yeah. see me. Um, He's disrespecting the flag in the same way. So why are you not mad about that? What are you really mad about? And I think that's the conversation. Like folks can't figure out what protests they'd like because it's not the protests that that are the issue. It's what they're protesting Mm -hmm. about. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. It is literally what they are about. It's not the fact that uh, a protest is occurring. It's that the the base of said protest is what is causing it to happen right because correct me if i'm wrong but there were thousands of white folks at state houses two weeks ago with guns saying that they wanted to to free their states and open their states back up and needed a haircut right because they needed a haircut so if protesting is the issue i call bs i think it's what we're protesting about exactly you know um it's it's just it's the the frustrating part about all it, it's so simple to just understand so simple to just educate yourself and i feel like i learn every day from us just having a normal conversation as friends i learn what you go through being black and and your experiences educate me to continue learning and continue to support people that need it i you know I've been using the check your privilege a lot because I right. think it is so important for white people to understand you need to check your privilege on a lot of things. Right. And that's the thing. Like, you know, I know that I know that you don't want this to be about you for a minute, but I'm going to make it be about you for Do a minute it. and you need to take your flowers. But it, there's so much importance in just listening mm-hmm. um, and understanding, like you said. And so, you know, white folks, do yourself a favor and, and listen and, and listen to understand not to reply and not to say, oh, well, this is what I've gone through in my life and blah, no, fuck that. This is your chance to listen and to get it. Um, and so shout out to you for doing that. You've done that for years. This isn't a new thing. 
Um, but you know, it, it stands out during those times, obviously when, when things are, are more challenging, um, to navigate. So, um, you know, take, take notes. You need, you know, we need more Kyle's and not Karen's in this world. So, um, keep, you know, keep doing those things because, you know, folks are so focused on the macro, what they can be doing on a, on a systemic level. And that's important. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong, but, uh, equally as important is checking in on your friends and, making sure that they're in a, you know, in a decent headspace and all of those things, because that's how you go about making uh, macro change at some point. Exactly. And, and our listeners have heard the, the quote unquote, big profile guests we've had on this show. And we love them so much just from them supporting what we do. We support what they do on the field from Jamil Demby to Mike Scott to Will Parks. You know, those guys, we love them to the ends of the year, we will go to the moon for those guys because they support what we do. They're a part of our brand through and through. And you guys tune in when they're on the show because they're these superstar athletes. They are playing in these leagues. You follow. They're also humans. You need to remember that too. You know, these people that you're, you're coming at begging for, for statements because of their celebrity status. And you know, you're like, where is so-and-so on this? Maybe they're waiting for the right opportunity and the right time for themselves to come out with that statement. Just because they are on this pedestal from being in this celebrity status and having a blue check mark next to their name doesn't make them any less human than myself, than Cam, than anybody on this planet. So those people that are begging for, you know, statements from, you know, celebrities and stuff, again, check your privilege because it will come. You know, people were, were clamoring for Drake to make a statement and he put his money where his mouth was and made a $100,000 donation or whatever it was. You know, they will, people will make statements in the ways that they feel comfortable making their statements and you will see them and it will be a change. And, you know, I think a lot of people just forget on that celebrity status of all of this too, is that those, those men, women, they're, they're freaking humans. And we need to remember that in a big way because sure. they're humans and we've seen them out on the front lines protesting like Tobias Harris, like Malcolm Jenkins, like Matisse Thibel. You know, you saw Jalen Brown. You know, we, we don't like this Boston Celtics on this show whatsoever. Well, you saw Jalen Brown drive from Boston to Atlanta to lead a protest. It's wild. It's a lot of gas. Like... That was unbelievable to me for him to lead that, put it out on Twitter saying, I'm coming, beat me there. Sixers, if you can trade for Jalen Brown today, <laughs> get him for this playoff tournament that's coming, sign we'll me up. We'll take him. We'll take him. Um, but I think a lot of people need to remember that too, that you know the, the mental headspace of everything that's going on and, and making sure that you check in on your friends. It needs to be done because it's just as important to to make sure that the people close to you are are doing okay. For sure. Any last words, my man? This has been this has been therapeutic. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I just you know just thanks for having me on because while these topics are heavy, I would much rather talk about it in this way than. Um, feeling like I need to prove something, you know, there, there's other conversations with folks where, 
you know, if, if I'm not articulating a mm-hmm. point perfectly or if I, you know, if I miss part of what I'm saying, I need to go back. And uh, it doesn't feel that way uh, when I'm speaking to you and other folks that get it. So um, shout out to you because this is therapeutic for me as well, because, um, you know, it gives me an opportunity to just speak from the heart and not be so concerned with how it comes out and just, you know, uh, speak my truth. So thanks. Yeah. And I think uh, one last tweet I'll read is from a friend of the show covers the NFL and ironically the Dallas Cowboys. He's our Cowboys guy during <laughs> Eagles season. The one and only Patrick Nosey Walker at Voice of the Star uh, tweeted about the whole social media thing. said, don't worry about how many followers you're losing. Worry about how many lives are being lost. Social media isn't real. A casket is. Plain and simple. Spot on. Uh, and I think my last words, you know, you can talk the talk, you, you know, you can you can bash people for boast, posting uh, a black square on their Instagram or on their Twitter for Blackout Tuesday, um, but, you know, maybe that's their way of, of being able to finally, you know, take that step forward. Talk the talk, talk to your friends, educate yourselves, but also walk the walk. There are a number of petitions you can sign to be on the right side of all of this and and truly be a change in your community we will tweet them out from our personal accounts i'm sure we've retweeted them a number of times too um talk to people in your communities you know if you can't make it to a protest sign a petition email uh, an elected official to to get something done so that this stuff can truly be a thing of the past and we don't have to worry about our black friends having to go through this anymore. Make it what it is. Make it history. Leave it in the past. Don't make it a recurring event that we continuously have to bring up. And then you say you feel uncomfortable because it continues to occur. Be the change. Use your voice. You know, sign a petition. Like I said, email somebody. Talk to your friends. Figure out how you can get involved. There's a number of ways to do it. If you have the means to do so, donate money and and walk the walk. Talk the talk. Walk the walk. And, uh, you know, we're here for you guys at Underground Sports. We're built on community. That is the number one thing. When we started this whole operation that we wanted to be is, you know, a community-driven, you know, operation and, uh, I think we've done a pretty damn good job at it. I apologize for the week off, but it needed to be done. And uh, got to clear my headspace, got to talk to one of my best friends tonight, and it'll continue to happen because hashtag curated by Cam. Make sure you check out the most recent playlist. It's an it's a absolute heater. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll keep these pumping out two times a week moving forward. You know, we, we stay ready for you guys because this is the first time we've missed a week in almost three years so if we miss a week there's probably a good reason for it uh you guys are the absolute best if you need somebody to talk to as well we are our dms are open all the time and uh show couldn't happen without our awesome sponsors main auto llc ducharms pro foot security 21 paul j gillespie incorporated bob novick automall mark ronchetti cpa llc and the dental wellness center of vineland and of course Design Tree, our awesome merch provider. And uh, 
tomahawk shades. Hell, if you're going out protesting, you need to protect your eyes. Damn right. Tomahawk shades, one hell of a way to cover up your eyes. Uh, again, any last thoughts, Cam, before we uh, we pitch the IG live? Be kind to one another. Exactly. That is my go-to. Be kind to one another. It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. You're the absolute best. Cam's going to be live on Instagram uh, talking that talk. Come join. It's a it's a damn good conversation for the uh, the late night crowd, and uh, that's at camjustice seven on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, kbizzl three one one, and on Instagram you can just swap out the three for an e, and follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at underground phi. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. We'll be back this weekend. We'll break down the Roy Halladay documentary, talk about the NBA, talk about the NHL, and uh, how baseball is just absolutely probably not going to get played because a bunch of big fat stooges running the show. Uh, You guys are the best. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 240. For Cam, I'm Kyle. Be kind to one another. Do the right thing. And uh, be an agent of change. We love you guys. Peace.